Welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. This podcast is brought to you by SavingYouTaxes.com and hosted by J. Barry Watts. As an advanced tax strategist and enrolled agent federally licensed by the IRS, Barry is uniquely qualified to go deeper into the Internal Revenue Code than most accountants. He understands and interprets its provisions explaining how they'll help you reduce income taxes you owe so you can direct that previously wasted tax money into tax-free accounts that you can enjoy in your retirement years. Now, on today's episode. Blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of talk in Washington about new taxes, but what impact will those changes in tax law have on you personally? We unpack that today on this edition of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. Well, hello, Patrice. How are you doing today? I am doing very well, Barry, and how are you? Good. I'm fine. Hey, I've got some news that is just now breaking. I wanted to tell you about uh, this is uh, you'll hear it first here on the truth about taxes and retirement. Is it good? Uh, it's, is it it's good? Bre- oh, well, it just depends on your perspective, but it's certainly breaking news. And the breaking news is this, Patrice. Uh, last evening, I got the jab. Oh, my. Number one. Well, um, let me explain. You know, I live on a farm, right? Yes. And so, you know, I've got a financial and tax advisory kind of practice, but we also have a farm and we live on this farm and work on this farm. And so I got off work just a little bit early yesterday afternoon (laughs) and uh, I went out to the farm because I had some cows that needed to be vaccinated. And so as I was running them through the chute and taking care of them, I had them all run through the chute except for the last four calves. Now, the cattle chutes we use are built for big mama cows, and so we don't have a little chute for calves, oh, so we, no. run a, we run a bunch of calves oh, no. in the chute at the same time and just crowd them up really tight so theoretically they can't move, and then we reach over into the chute and just vaccinate them. And so I had some of the vaccinations done. I'm, <laughs> I'm progressing along. Everything's going fine, and I had this one wild animal that was crazy, and he kept jumping around, and the long story short is he jumped at the wrong moment and I took the needle and jabbed it in my thumb. So I thought I'd let you know that I've had the jab. <laughs> well, it's good to know you won't be getting any bovine uh, diseases in the near future. I'm not going to have perfringens type A, which does kill you. At least it kills animals. So uh, I'm, I'm going to be safe from that particular disease. Does this mean you don't have to wear a mask now? Uh, yeah, well, not on the farm, at least. I don't know, but... Um, Welcome to the craziness of my life. By the way, other news from the farm. Uh, my wife, Kelly, her donkey is dying. Oh, no. Larry the jackass is seeing his final days, it looks like. Oh, so poor baby. If you want to send uh, condolence cards or flowers, uh, you can just send them to Kelly Watts, Rogersville, Missouri. That's all the address you need. And uh, tell her you're so sorry to hear that her jackass is dying. It's, there's, no gonna... no, there's no joke. There's no joke to come here. Larry really is dying. We don't know how old he is. I think he's been on the farm for 18 years and he was probably mm-hmm. maybe 15 years old when we got him. So he's lived a good jackass life. But the sad news is uh, if you follow me on social media, you will often see pictures uh, of me with my arms around Larry's neck, scratching him on the head. Kelly takes pictures of that and she you know, posts to post social media and she says, well, what she says is this is Barry scratching his ass. But uh, anyway, good wife. 
Yeah, we're, we're probably not going to have we're, we're 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 to the end of those pictures. I just thought I would tell you because it looks like Larry's dying. So those are the two important pieces of news that uh, broke here on the truth about taxes and retirement. Don't forget that you heard them here first. I'm so on this send a condolence card as soon as we're done here. <laughs> I'm sure you will, and and she will appreciate that. <clears throat> and tomorrow I'll dig a hole and we'll do what has to be done. Oh, don't. Well, I mean, you have to, but. So uh, this hole. edition, yeah, well, no, okay, hole. so we don't do a hole. No, I'd be just a little hole, actually. We don't actually do a hole. What we will do is I've got some big brush piles on the farm, and uh, I will take the tractor, and I will, in. don't they do this in India uh, or somewhere? I've seen pictures of this kind of stuff. We'll, put, we'll yeah. put him up on the top of the big brush pile. Yeah, okay, so That's he's going to get a Viking send-off. There's there your you boat. Go. Your boat. You can use your boat on the lake. <laughs> I could put him on the boat and just yes. kind of push it out in the middle of the lake yes. and set it on fire. What a yeah, picture I think, that would be. I think that Larry would probably. Larry on his way to Valhalla. <laughs> I think that would get me bad news. And by the way, uh, a Valhalla here where I happen to live is a big marching band contest. So um, that would be an interesting headline, though, and would confuse many of the people who are in the marching band contest this fall at Valhalla. So do you know, Patrice, that it, are we paying for this by the minute? I'm, they could actually. <laughs> the park be the jackasses. Hmm. That's an interesting idea. <laughs> I think this podcast is already over and we should <laughs> let's pull it back in. All right. So we're talking about changes in tax law. We are talking about changes in tax law here on the truth about taxes and retirement. We got distracted just telling fun stories there. And I do like to have fun. Today's edition of the show is brought to you by Wealthcare Investment Advisors, where tax reduction leads to changes in helping people plan for successful retirement. Like Larry. I'm your host. Yep. Okay. Say what? Oh, like and Larry. it leads to Larry, too. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I'm your host, Barry, not Larry, because remember, Larry is dying. Larry is the donkey. I'm your host, Barry, very much alive today, have been in this in arena for 27 years, helping people uh, as a retirement designer, helping them see the big picture while not losing sight of the little tax details that are really big in dollars that can ultimately determine whether or not you have enough money to retire and stay that way. And today, we're going to talk about the president's new proposals on taxes and how, how they will impact you. But first, Patrice, I want to introduce a new feature to the show, which I'm calling the tax planning mistake of the month. Are you ready for that? I love it. All right. Well, here's the tax planning mistake of the month. Uh, theoretically, we'll have one of these every month. I don't know. We may have three in a row and then not have one for three months, but it depends learn. on how many mistakes people make. Mm -hmm. It would be nice if people learned, but uh, but they're slow. <laughs> people are slow about learning. In fact, we've got listeners right now who have listened to every episode of this podcast and who have still not implemented anything and who haven't ever called me. So people are slow about learning. Maybe they'll fix that today because they've heard about Larry. And they realize time is short and they need to hurry. Larry's going to become a mascot on this podcast. I think so. I what think are we going to do with Larry? This could really go somewhere. You know, Jimmy Fallon's got, what is it? A penguin that marches around, I think. Uh, that No, it's a panda, a panda. Okay, Jimmy Fallon's right. got a panda. Yeah. So maybe I could have Larry the jackass, but since yeah, we don't have, go, but now we don't have getting, visuals. Are we not getting political here too? Because Larry Ooh. kind of, you know, represents, Ooh. you know, Ooh. yeah. Well, you know, we, <laughs> we're fair and balanced. Yes, yes, we <laughs> so, are. So, so, so since you know I'm on the conservative side of things, it would only be appropriate for me to have a donkey as our show theme, just to continue to be fair and balanced. Okay, back to the topic. 
the tax planning mistake of the month. <clears throat> Yesterday, a business owner walked into my office for the first time and he introduced himself. He'd been referred in by a satisfied client of ours who was his neighbor. And he said, that guy says, you are the only person to talk to. And I appreciated that. So this fellow begins to spill out his story there. He tells me he's a business owner. He's been in the marine industry. Uh, now we're back to Valhalla and burning the Viking boats all of a sudden. Keep going, keep going. He's been in the marine industry for 30 years. He's made a decent living, but with some health problems, he's decided to slow down and take it easy. And it's time to sell his business. And that's great. We can help him do that tax efficiently. But as the story began to fall out of his mouth, he began to tell me that we weren't quite on the same page because it wasn't really time to sell his business. No, he had sold the business already. Oh, no. So I quickly asked, have you signed the paperwork? Oh, yes. Have you got the money? Oh, yes. It's a done deal. And I slumped back in my chair. How much did you sell for? Million dollars. What was your cost basis in the business? Virtually oh. zero. Oh. So what that means is he's going to have to pay capital gains of 20% on the entire sale value of his company, a million dollars. That's $200,000 that he's going to have to pay in taxes this year that could have been avoided with proper tax planning. And so I explained to him that if he'd come to see us before he sold, depending on what strategy we selected, he could have reduced his tax by 90% or maybe even eliminated altogether, no taxes on a million dollars in income. What did but he since say? he'd waited, say again. What did he say? <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm going to tell you what he said, because okay. it was kind of interesting. Since he'd waited in this particular case, and he got the papers and got the money and then came to see me, there really wasn't anything that I could do to help him now after the fact. And I get these calls all the time. Uh, my last call uh, that I'm thinking of uh, came from uh, Boston. A guy in Boston, Massachusetts had this very problem. He sold the assets for $5 million, had zero cost basis in it. And oh. then he calls me and wants my help. And then he's mad after a few months because I really wasn't able to, to do much for him in comparison to what he needed done. So this particular business owner that came in yesterday, he said, but I, I, I called my CPA and I asked him if there was anything we should do. And he said, well, when you get it sold, let me know and we'll take care of it. Oh, dear. Now, I know this guy's CPA. He's a good tax preparer, a fellow in his mid-60s. His daughter has taken over the business. It's a kind of a two-person shop there. In fact, this guy used to be my tax preparer 20 years ago. And kind of humorously, the business owner said, you know, the only advice he's given me is... And then he started talking about how he'd been guided to convert from an LLC to an S corp to avoid some, some social security tax, some FICA tax. And, and the reason I say that's humorous is because that's the same advice the guy gave me 20 years ago when I was his oh. client and before I had learned to do tax strategy work. And I just would say to you, a lot has changed in 20 years. Yeah. And based on how the law sits today, the advice to make that conversion from an LLC to an S-Corp is the wrong advice, most likely. And it's certainly the wrong advice for that particular client. Uh, this, he went on to tell me about, he said, well, the CPA has even discouraged me from using a Roth IRA. What? Uh, yeah. So this is where these people live. And so it leads me then yesterday and back here in the podcast to my standard lesson that I repeat over and over and over again, which is. Uh, something that CPAs often actually give a hearty amen to. And it's this, there's nothing in the initials CPA that has anything to do with taxes. Certified public accountants are certified in accounting for companies 
whose stock is traded on the public stock exchanges. So if you're going to start a company and you're going to put its stock on the stock exchange so it trades like Walmart does, well, then you need a CPA. But there is nothing in their training that really speaks to tax strategy. They do take classes on how to file tax returns. That's called tax compliance. But they don't take classes in tax strategy unless they choose to specialize in that. And some of them do. Uh, And they take those classes after they get their CPA credential and they're out of school and so forth. So the big mistake this business owner made was not digging a little deeper, asking more questions. He blindly followed the crowd. He assumed his CPA was actually a tax strategist when the only function the CPA was really performing for him was that of completing a government tax form. And that, Patrice, is the $200,000 mistake of the month. Well, it sounds like you got out. When Did you realize when you left this CPA why, uh, that, that he wasn't giving you the best information? No, I did not. Uh, I realized that he wasn't the right person for me when he chest bumped me one day in the lobby of his oh. office. And it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a good to see uh, the guys are getting together. High five kind of chest bump. Uh, it was preceded mm. by, uh, well, some words that started in F and some other things. Uh, but that's oh, another topic for a different there. day. Okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> a $200,000 mistake for this gentleman anyway. Uh, <laughs> it was. Wow. Yes, that's exactly right. So. Lest you think, Patrice, that tax mistakes just happen to business owners on million-dollar transactions, let's turn our attention to Washington and talk about the tax proposals that are coming out of the White House and Congress, because they really have the potential to make a big difference to you, whether you're paying taxes before you retire or in retirement. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you've heard that President Biden is proposing an agenda he calls Build Back Better. Now, who wouldn't be in favor of Build Back Better? As a speaker uh, and broadcaster, I even love the alliteration, Build Back Better. That really works. Build Back Better includes expenditures from the federal government like this. Let me just tell you about some of these. You've heard about a lot of them on the news, but here are just some things that I think are interesting. First of all, $107 billion dollars to help illegal immigrants become lawful permanent residents of the United States. $107 billion to help illegal immigrants become a lawful residents of the United States. So my first question to you is this. If you are illegal, doesn't that technically make you a criminal? Just a question. Just a question. And secondly, don't we already have a process for people to legally immigrate to the United States? Because um, we have an employee here in our company who is in the process of going through the process. In fact, uh, he's back home meeting with the embassy for the last time in his home country in South America and uh, will be coming back permanently to the U.S. in about three weeks. He is uh, immigrating here legally to work. And so so these illegals who have come into the country, we're going to spend one hundred and seven billion dollars on helping them get legal. Why don't we pack them up and send them home? Uh, Don't misunderstand. These folks have got a lot of problems, bless their hearts, and they're leaving some disastrous places. And I understand why they're coming to America. It's the land of opportunity, even as difficult as it is right now. But the simple point is they came here illegally. They didn't follow the legal process we already have. And it's absurd that we'd spend another $107 billion uh, just whitewashing over that and saying, well, here's how you become legal. So that's one of the things in Build Back Better. 
I don't know what that has to do with COVID. I don't know what that has to do with all the restaurants that are closing uh, because they can't get employees. One of my favorite restaurants in Ozark, Missouri, just announced yesterday they're closing up shop because the Marketplace Cafe on the square in Ozark cannot get enough help. So they said, we're done. We're just not going to be open. Last week, my wife and I went to the same little community of Ozark to our favorite Italian place, Salvatore's. And when we got to Salvatore's on Friday, guess what? There's a sign on the door that said closed, not permanently, but closed for the week because we've just been working too hard and we're worn out and we don't have enough staff and we just need some time off. But $107 billion spent on helping illegal immigrants become legal immigrants is going to fix all that. At least that's what Build Back Better says. Now, here's another thing that uh, the tax plan is going to do. Uh, Biden has proposed giving a $7,500 tax credit to anyone who buys an electric car. And in the tip of the hat to the unions that donated to his campaign, that $7,500 increases to $11,500 if you buy an electric car that was made by union workers. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Nothing like padding the people who support you. Uh, So here's my question. If electric cars are so great, and I'm not against electric cars, but if electric cars are so great, why do we have to pay people to buy them? I think that's a fair question. But now you want to get back to illegals for a moment, don't you? Well, I do, because have you heard that latest thing that's come out that every illegal who came across the border illegally, so every criminal who came across the border illegally and got separated from their family because they were criminals coming across the border illegally, we're going to give them $450,000. But I do hear that that just today was knocked down. Well, I haven't heard that. So see, that's new news. I was busy preparing to report on the jab. I can't cover all the news stories, (laughs) Patrice. And of course, I hope it was knocked down because (laughs) it's not possible to be stupid enough to come up with an idea like that. My goodness. Free college loans. Forgive your student loans. Here's the final one that I'll share with you today, just because I think you might not have heard about this one. The proposal is to spend $20 billion to help American Indians with health care and education on the reservation. Now, I've just got one question. Have you seen the casinos these people own? Some of them own casinos. Well, I I don't know, you know, the details of that. And certainly the Trail of Tears, which, by the way, the Trail of Tears marched right through our headquarters town of Springfield, Missouri. For all I know, the Trail of Tears marched right through the building that we're on right now, in right now. So, So it's a horrible story in American history. And American history is replete with horrible stories. But two and 300 and 400 years later, we can't fix all those horrible stories by throwing money at the the multiple generation descendants of whoever it was who was horribly harmed back in the day. And so my point in saying, have you seen the casinos these people own is is that, um, you know, I I think that uh, the Indians are doing good enough at printing a lot of money, at least on the reservations around here. We don't actually have any reservations in Missouri, but, you know, where they were sending them on the Trail of Tears was to Oklahoma. And in Oklahoma, there are reservations everywhere. The Cherokee Nation is very near here. I don't know exactly how the nation, you know, do they have a wall? I don't know. <laughs> but but uh, when we know, by the way, that even though they've got the casinos, we know that those are just a front 
for organized crime syndicates who are skimming all the profits off the casinos and taking advantage of the Indians once again. So that's what's really going on there. But the whole point is throwing another $20 billion at these people isn't going to change anything. Uh, so separating a people group, separating a people group, I think is just wrong. Mm-hmm. Period. I don't care. Black, white, yellow, pink, turquoise, whatever color they are. Red, I guess, in the case of Indians. Separating a people group is just wrong. You know, we've all been mixed up here. And our ancestors have all been having enough sex with each other that we're all a product of multiple different things. I'm not a European American. I'm an American. And I would submit to you, those people aren't Indian Americans. They're Americans. And I think that we all need to back up and just drop the little uh, adjectives to try to describe our heritage and just call ourselves Americans and be what we are. That's the first step that I would pursue when I become president, we're going to not call ourselves American, uh, Indian Americans, black Americans, African Americans, European Americans, Polish American, whatever, all the names we've got, we're just going to be Americans. Okay. God bless America. All right. I'm kind of riffing here. <clears throat> I do care about this. I feel strongly about it. Yes. People that's, say, Barry, you should run. People say, Barry, you should run for office. <laughs> No, I can't do that. Do you think they would tolerate me? No, they wouldn't because they don't like people who just stand up and bluntly tell them the truth. You have to pussyfoot around, you know, tiptoe. Only if you're a politician. You can uh, well, that's the point. Not be a politician. Well, the, you can run for office and not be a politician. You could. Well, yeah, yeah. There was a guy who did that. I'm thinking back to 2016. We had a big election from a guy who wasn't a politician. And <laughs> so, how do you want to look at this, Patrice? Okay, back to President Biden. Let's go back to the taxes. All right. Yes. This is an out of control podcast. <clears throat> President Biden is fond of saying that all of his tax proposals, 20 billion for the Indians and 7,500 for electric cars and 107 billion to help the criminals become legal. Uh, he says these proposals will have zero dollar cost, zero dollar cost. Really? You can do all these things. You can give away 107 billion and 20 billion and it has zero dollar cost. How do you spend money and it doesn't cost anything? Well, what this means is that the government is going to raise taxes to pay for the proposals. So it means it's not going to cost the government any of its own money. But, oh, wait, the government doesn't have any money except what it siphons out of your pockets. It's going to spend money from taxpayers. That's what that means when he says zero dollar cost. But don't worry about it, Patrice, because only the wealthiest Americans will have to pay for it. Everybody is pretty much OK with that because we all consider the other guy to be the wealthy person, but not us. Now, All right. So what is wealthy? Well, I think wealthy probably isn't measured in dollars, frankly. <laughs> there are a lot of poor people who are very wealthy and there are a lot of rich people who are very poor. But, you know, for this purpose, wealth. Well, it started with billionaires is where it started. And we were just going to tax billionaires. And we have some billionaires living here. I know some billionaires, not well, don't have a relationship with them, don't manage their money. We're not their client. They're not our clients. I'm their clients. You know, one of our billionaires owns a big company here in Springfield called Bass Pro Shops. Oh, and Cabela's, wow. the outdoor retailer, headquartered oh, yes, in Springfield, yes, yes. Missouri. And the guy who, who started that all is just common as an old shoe. He's just a local hillbilly here from the Ozarks who liked to fish, and he made billions of dollars out of selling fishing equipment. 
It's a great, great story. And he blesses our community. We've got lots of wonderful things in Southwest Missouri and really around the world, but certainly in Southwest Missouri that this billionaire has done. Because, you know, when you're worth four, five, six, seven billion, whatever it is, you can do cool stuff. And it you doesn't that bother kind of you at all to do it. You love yeah, and if you and if you tear it up and start over, you, which he has a reputation for doing that, saying I want that ball, that wall three feet over there, tear that one out and rebuild it, which you know you and I wouldn't do. We'd figure out a way to live with the wall because we built it there and we're not going to pay for it twice. Plant a couple of bushes in front of it. <laughs> so, so here's where this starts, Patrice. <clears throat> it starts with people who have saved and invested carefully, and they've been really lucky in their investments. Imagine that you've been so lucky in, investment, in your investments that your IRA and 401k accounts have grown to over $10 million. Well, if that's you, you're going to be forced to distribute the money in excess of $10 million out of your account and pay 37% plus an additional three, really 40% of that to the federal government. So your IRA is permanently capped at $10 million. Once you get $10 million in there, you're not going to be allowed to put any more into your retirement account. So the people who've done the best job of doing what the government asked them to do when IRAs were first set up and became a thing, 401ks first were introduced, the people who really buckled down, did hard work, those are the people who are going to be punished for the hard work that they've done. Kind of sounds like uh, the people who worked really hard and paid off their student loans. <laughs> there is that. Because, you know, we're going to pay off everybody's student loans. So if you already paid yours off, sucks to be you, sucker. So most people don't care about this $10 million deal. And the reason they don't care is because most people don't have $10 million in their IRA. So they say it doesn't affect me. But it does because they're coming for you. They're coming for you. Now, here's one that, in fact, impacts a lot of our clients who don't have $10 million in their IRA. But uh, some of them make over $450,000 a year. And if your income is over $450,000 a year, going forward, the proposal is that you would be prohibited from converting your taxable IRA over to a Roth IRA. I've done many podcasts talking about how much we love right. Roth IRAs right. and how, how you can pay the taxes on what's in your IRA and you can convert it over to a Roth IRA and then it'll grow tax-free. So look at this. The proposal is... If you make over $450,000, the tax break that the Roth IRA brings to you is being taken away. However, when you convert your Roth, uh, your IRA to a Roth IRA, you're paying the taxes up front. That's so the right. government's getting them. They are getting the money now, but they're missing out on all the tax money that would come in the future. That's why we convert. It's right. cheaper to pay it now than to keep paying it every year as we grow forward and build our account and get it up to $10 million. So they're saying, don't take your money out. Don't convert it over the Roth. Just leave it in there. But when it gets to that magic number, we're going to force you to take it out, and then we're going to tax you at some undisclosed higher rate that hasn't really been determined yet. So I want you to just think about this for a moment. If you make $450,000, think about it if you make $50,000. But here, here's the deal. If you work really, really hard, you know, get your lessons, go to bed early, get up early, eat an apple a day, uh, love your mama, pay your taxes, vote, uh, good citizen, you know, help little old ladies across the street. You work really, really hard. You take incredible risk. You put all of your family's assets, your home on the line uh, with the business that you start. You contribute tremendous value to your community. You make the world a better place. You employ hundreds of people, perhaps. And along the way, you got rewarded for your risk and your labor, 
And now you make a very nice income, $450,000. And so the government is going to punish you for your success. Hmm. You can't be stupid enough to run a country that way. Well, evidently you can. So you see, Patrice, the problem isn't just these type of provisions, really. The problem is how the provision may develop, expand, and change in the future. And that's particularly true of IRA and Roth accounts where new laws can take effect immediately. That's called legislative risk. The risk is that new legislation will change the rules, and it then produces tax risk that you didn't have before. Who has to approve these, Barry? Is it the entire legislative arm? Is Is it the House and the Senate? Well, that's a good question. And, 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 and let's talk about that just a minute. This would be a great place for Senator Burleson to be. I okay. wish Eric were here, but, you know, he's actually in Washington today because uh, you may know Eric has announced he's a candidate for the 7th District of Missouri uh, congressional seat. And uh, so he's he's pretty busy. We can't get him back to the podcast these days. Yeah. But um, you ask who had to approve it, and Eric could address this because here's what legislation does. Sometimes legislation is very specific, and it says, here's the rule on IRAs, for example. However, sometimes legislation is more concept-oriented. Here's the concept. And they leave it to what they call the rule makers to actually, they call it promulgating a rule. So they leave it to the rule makers to say, here's how we're going to implement the law that was just passed. So sometimes what comes up against you as a taxpayer or as a citizen is a law that was passed straight on. The law says you can do this or can't do this. Sometimes what comes against you is there's been a law that was passed, but it's more vague, generic, and 30,000 feet. And to get it down to ground level, there are uh, bureaucrats and bureaucrats who work in government then institute rules that are designed to support that law. And they say, well, here's what the rule says that you're going to have to do. So some of what the IRS says comes from the uh, Congress, the House and Senate, and signed off on by the president. And some of what the IRS says actually is promulgated as rules from the IRS. And that's a big mess, because how do you get to the bottom of something like that? And the answer for most people is they don't. And they're afraid when the IRS comes knocking, they're afraid. And so they just simply grit their teeth and pay the bill and go on. You know, we have working here in our practice, a CPA. (laughs) That's kind of funny, isn't it? Since I sometimes give CPAs some grief. We have a CPA who works in our practice. Uh, He is our director of tax. He's tax compliance guy. Mm-hmm. He does tax returns. In fact, yesterday, a client emailed him a tax strategy question, and he emailed me with a little grumble in it and said, uh, he said, apparently, this guy's confused. He thinks I'm the tax strategist. I'm not the strategist. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll educate him again. I'll try to help him understand. But the CPA who works in our practice, his name is Phil. Phil is actually a, um, a former IRS guy. So he used to be the guy who comes in from the IRS to say, hey, we want to be sure you paid all the taxes you're supposed to. And his job was to find taxes that you hadn't paid. Mm -hmm. Well, Phil will just tell you right up front, those people don't want to be wrong. (laughs) So so, so he says, he says, you know, if it's a gray area, if it's something we're not sure about, he said, "Mm, oftentimes we'll back off because we don't want to really push it and get ourselves overextended out there as a government 
a representative of the IRS, and then it proves what we're trying to accomplish proves to be wrong. We get our hands smacked. They don't like having their hands smacked by the courts either. Right. So my point is, uh, you don't need to be as afraid of the IRS maybe as you thought you were, particularly if you're following the law, you're doing the right things, and it's just some matter of question. Now, if you've been cheating the system, well, then you ought to be afraid of the IRS because they're going to come after you. They're going to catch you and you're going to be in trouble. But Patrice, we don't teach people to do that. In fact, in fact, we think that's a horrible idea. We think you ought to follow the law. And when you follow the tax code and implement all, not just some, but all of its provisions, that's where we find the little nuggets here and there that help people save money on taxes. So, we're talking about being scared of the IRS and how maybe you don't need to be scared of the IRS. Uh, and it all came out of your question, who promulgates these rules? Or is this legislation or is it rules? And the answer is it's both. And so in light of what is coming down the pipeline, they say they're going to do these things to retirement accounts and so forth. Uh, well, what's the solution? What can we do? Well, there are several things, but the one thing that I want to point out today, and I think it's really significant to us is this. Uh, we need to think about the kinds of retirement savings vehicles that are not subject to legislative risk. Oh, so there are some that are not subject to risk. Well, yes, there are. So let me tell you about that. You see, the proposals that are being considered right now, those will change multiple sections of the tax code, and they're going to raise millions of dollars, billions really, from 401ks, IRAs, and Roth IRA accounts. But one section of the tax code that is never mentioned in any of this le legislation is Internal Revenue Code Title 26, Section 7702, the section of the tax code that covers LIRPS, L-I-R-P-S, contracts with insurance companies. Now, if you want to know more about a LIRP, I unpack LIRPS in episode 14 of the podcast called How to Have More Tax-Free Income in Retirement. So you should download and listen to that for a complete teaching on LERPs. But here's why a LERP strategy can be really important in light of what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. First, whatever cap they decide on and apply to IRAs, 10 million, 8 million, 5 million, whatever it happens to be, the LERP contract is not counted toward total retirement assets in any of the bills that have been proposed. LERPs are not even mentioned anywhere. This is a good thing. It's good to not have them looking at your LERP. That's right. Secondly, because LERPs are private contracts between an individual and an insurance company, they're mostly insulated from legislative risk because there's a significant difference between legislative changes to accounts, an IRA or Roth is an account, right. and legislative changes to contracts. You see, no matter what laws are in place, when you start saving in an IRA or a Roth, Congress can change those laws, and those changes will take place immediately. But repeatedly, the courts have said that contracts are different. Anytime Congress wants to enact a new law affecting a private contract between parties, courts have said that the law can only apply to new contracts going forward. They can't apply to contracts that are already in place. And the proof of this is in 1988, there was an act of Congress called the Technical and Miscellaneous Revenue Act, also known as TAMRA. So TAMRA in 1988 went into place dealing indeed with these contracts. And the courts said that only new contracts could be affected. The existing rules for old contracts had to stay in place. That is called precedence. 
And it means that if Congress does try to change the rules on LERPs, it can only do so on new LERPs, not on the old ones that are already in place, like mine and yours, hopefully. You do have a LERP, don't you? If not, why not? (laughs) You need to stop what you're doing right now. Stop and call me. Go to the website, www.savingyoutaxes.com and look up the phone number and reach out and call my office and say, I want to talk to Barry about a LERP. And we'll see if you can qualify. And if so, for how much? Now, on previous podcasts, you've heard me talk about LERPs. I love them a lot, and I'm going to talk about them more in the future. We do a lot of things besides LERPs. In fact, LERPs are just a very small portion of our business, but they're a very exciting portion of our business. I've got a LERP personally, and mine is designed to provide me with $95,000 a year in tax-free income from the age of 70 to age 100. If I fell over dead today, it would write a check to my wife for an excess of $1 million. Like Larry. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor old Larry. There he comes again. <laughs> but your LERP will pay. My LERP would pay me. Yeah. Why does my voice sound like Bill Clinton? <laughs> Did you notice that? Did you notice it sounded that horse Bill Clinton-esque kind of voice? I was in China. Okay, we're forget the whole story. Let's go back for a minute. Let me tell you about going to China. So I'm walking around China and the Chinese people always like American tourists. They're very fascinated with them. And there was this guy who uh, looked at me, a Chinese guy looked at me and he got kind of confused in his, his face and he pointed at me and he yelled, Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton. (laughs) And I'm sure you love that. Well, you're looking at me at the moment. You know, I don't really look like Bill Clinton, but the funny thing was a few months later, I was walking through, um, I was in Boston in an ice cream shop. I don't know where we were. And some other guy looked at me and he said, Jay Leno, Jay Leno. <laughs> so, you know, you know, I had to have a strong jaw and I could see the Jay Leno part. I don't know where the Bill Clinton thing came from. Maybe it came from my voice, which is which cracked in Bill Clinton-esque ways. And that's how we got off the topic. <laughs> my Lord, can somebody please help us get back Let's on the topic? Back to the topic here. Oh, uh, we're talking about taxes and LERPs. And your so, LERP. Your I've LERP. got a LERP. My LARP is going to pay me $95,000 a year in tax-free income in retirement, starting at age 70, going all the way to age 100. And it'll pay me $31,000 a month for long-term care, even in my home, if I were to ever need that. And that is based on my account having earned only 6.4% per year. Well, I just got a statement for last year. And my account's got several different buckets in it, and they're all guaranteed not to lose money. So the worst they can do in a LERP is make 0%. And here are the actual returns on the segments of my account over the past year. Now, Patricia, you got to understand, these might never be your returns. They might never be anybody else's returns. I might never see these returns again. But these were my actual returns last year. I had a segment that did 21.7%, one that did 26.5%, one that did 44%, one that did 37%, one that did 38.02%. And remember, the numbers in order for my LERP to work only require 6.4%. And you've got excess there, my friend. I do. That's the point. My LERP's going to do better than what I even quoted. If it keeps producing those kind of numbers, and I don't believe it'll keep producing those kind of numbers, but the point is it's doing really well. Now you need to understand, it's really important for me to say this. Those are my numbers. They might never be achieved again, 
And if you have a LERP, you might never experience a number like that. In our business, we like to say past performance does not guarantee future results. But those are real numbers on how my LERP performed this year and many LERPs of clients that we have put in place. So if you think that a LERP might be for you because you want to be protected from legislative risk and tax risk and all the craziness that's coming out of Washington right now, and you want to build a stream of tax-free retirement income, then you need to call me and we'll talk about it. And it might or it might not be a fit for you. And even if it is a fit for you, you might not qualify, but there's only one way to find out. Call me and we'll have a chat about it. So go to www.savingyoutaxes.com and there you'll find a phone number where you can call me and set a time for this discussion. In this crazy season of tax hikes, like we're seeing proposed, it's important, I think, Patrice, to explore every tool to protect you and your retirement from the thieving reach of money-grubbing politicians, most of whom have only signed the back of a paycheck and never signed the front of one. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. I'm Barry Watts, reminding you that as you save and plan for retirement, if you don't get the taxes right, nothing else matters. The LERP plans discussed in this podcast are offered through American Tax Strategies, LLC, found at SavingYouTaxes.com, and are not an offering of Wealthcare Investment Advisors. Thank you for listening to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of SavingYouTaxes.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your own qualified advisor with any questions you may have regarding taxes and investing.